0: So let's turn to Colossians in chapter 1, and I want to begin there in in verse 19. In verse 19, you know, it's part of a scripture memory passage I've been working on over the past couple months, and man, there's so much here. If you don't memorize scripture, I have to tell you, you're really missing out on a, a really amazing thing that God does. For those of you who do memorize scripture consistently, you know what I'm talking about. If you read the scripture, you can get some stuff out of it. If you read the scripture and study it, you can get even more out of it. But if you memorize it, there are things hidden in the scriptures that you can't get until it's permeating your mind. You just can't get it all unless you're memorizing it. And I'm not saying that because I've memorized this, I hear it and see it and know it all. But you know what? I've read this passage over the years many times, and I've studied through the passage many times, but there's so much in this passage in Colossians, beginning there in verse 19. I mean, the whole of Colossians 1 is amazing, but let's begin in verse 19. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him, in Christ. And through Him, the Father through Christ to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless, beyond reproach, if indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast, not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Now, we are reconciled through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the whole point was to present you and I holy and blameless before him so Jesus did all the heavy lifting we are reconciled we are secure in heaven heaven if notice there's a dash there saying Dramatic pause, preacher. Dramatic pause. If. If is a life and death word. My prayer would be be that we all get to heaven. That these young men would, at some point in time, as they mature into adulthood, would have seen in us older men who are striving to grow in the faith they would see in us this is the life i want this is the life that's right i look around me and i see people messed up in every way and just miserable and and but my dad you no know, mr blake mr jake mr logan mr jeremiah you know those guys were We're really working the program and growing. I want to be like Mr. Winningham, Mr. Wyburn. Seeing those guys, I know that they're living the right way, listening to how they treat people, and then listening to how other people treat people. I want to be like them. If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast. Again, in the book of Colossians, it says, Just as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so continue to walk in Him. How did you receive Christ Jesus the Lord? Did you ask Him into your heart? Confessing Him as your personal Savior? Worshipping all the time? Is that how you received Him? Okay going up and falling down in front of the altar and praying through and all that crazy nonsense that goes on in churches is that how you received them or did you realize that you as it says here in this passage of scripture uh verse 21 and although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind engaged in evil deeds you recognize that you're a dirt bag and that you really weren't worth saving because you're such a nasty vile person and yet god like we talked about yesterday sacrificed his son because he loved you more than his son so now you're going to live your life for your own way and you're not going to bow the knee and do what he says and you expect to get to heaven because you asked him into your heart as a personal savior that ain't gonna fly, boys. That ain't gonna fly. So if you think you're getting in on easy grace, you, you miss the whole point. Look, he sacrificed all for you. And if you're married to him, guess what the spouse does for the husband or the wife does for the husband? The husband sacrifices all for the wife. Gentlemen, as the bride of Christ, we need to sacrifice all for him. You know, so you know, this is yes, grace is free. You can't do it on your own. You need His sacrifice. But man, if this is a relationship instead of a law, you have to be responsive in that relationship. So I want to talk about continuing in the faith. Continuing in the faith. The word continuing means constantly in the faith, constantly walking by faith, constantly looking to Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. We need to be firmly established and steadfast. Firmly established means placed into it. Steadfast means immovable. You're not moved from the faith. The problem is, is you might get the wrong faith. How many faiths are are there out there? No, we're just talking Christendom. What is it? Yeah. Catch that? Christendom. 40,000. Man, you got all sorts of choices, don't you? You can get to heaven any which way you want. Just got to do a little research and pick the one you like, the one that fits your lifestyle. And, uh, man, you're in, right? Wrong. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father. There's only one hope. There's only one body of Christ. There's only one church of Christ, and there's only one spirit. There's only one gospel. There's only one way. And gentlemen, I'm not narrow-minded. That's the Bible. So if you've got a problem with that, you take it up with God. Guess what? You need to seek the narrow way, the way that is straight. And the narrow way, as was preached, I believe Brian said it, the no way is the way of affliction it is and so we need to recognize that this life of faith is not a cakewalk in fact just the opposite i tell people and some of you who i've taught you know i said look you need to recognize your first year as a christian is going to be absolutely rugged because the devil is going to go after you and he's going to try to mess you up along the way, and he's going to use whatever tool that he's figured out from the past that works for you. So if you have sexual immorality in your life before you're a Christian, that's what he's going to attack you with. If money greed is your, it's that's going to be it. He he knows he's got your your number, man. He's been watching you for a long time. He knows where to go to get under your skin. And so I tell people. Look, this first year is going to be rugged. Stay tight, tight, tight to the body of Christ. Read your Bible every day. Pray every day. If you don't, you're going to have struggles. Guess what? You have associations in the world, and you're you're not assembling like you ought, and you're not reading the Bible like you ought, and you're not praying like you ought, you're not assembling, you're not working on developing the ability to share with other people if you're not doing that and you're very oftentimes an evil association friend groups and we have friend groups that aren't christians and if you're not intentional about being the man to influence that friend group you will be influenced bad company destroys good morals it's somehow when little kids are running around listening to mom and dad, and mom and dad are talking good stuff 99.9% of the time, and one word slips, they, bam, they get that one-tenth of one percent. And that's the word. How many know what I'm talking about? Is that true? Well, the adult population does the same exact thing including people who are in Christ, you will gravitate. I don't know why it's that way. I think it's just kind of this fleshly body likes that garbage. And so, man, if you're not working, if you're not intentional, you're not going forwards. you're going backwards. There is no standing still in this life. If you think you're standing, if you can think you can stand on the fence and stand still, you are going to be in the wrong side of eternity. You can't. You have to keep pushing forward, pressing on. You have to. If you don't, you die. My brother invited me to go back to Montana. And I didn't realize this, but about... 40 years ago, my brother and I hiked up 10 miles to a ridge, three miles down, set up a camp when one day, and we had to bushwhack. We got up the next day, and we hiked, climbed a man killer of a mountain. A lot of guys have died on that mountain. We got to the top, we summited. Got pictures of me up there 18 years old looking really cool and studly. Okay. Yeah, I had a lot of hair. I had a lot of hair. It was great, a lot of hair. We hiked back that down that day down to our camp. Next day we hiked out. So my brother goes, Hey, I want to go get into Tranquil Basin. We're not going to climb Mount McDonald, but we're going to climb into tranquil basin and i got this way this way that we've done before and and i think there's this better way and and i've been scouting i've been recon he calls it recon i've done some recon scouts (laughs) okay man so my wife buys me a new backpack and i'm all excited and man i was just getting the juices flowing and just visualizing getting up in there and getting to this one place this lake where camp is like awesome you know and, and uh, he's got a 35 pound pack I'm younger so I got a 50 pound pack and we're going up there and I'm telling you what 12 hours of hiking we started before the sun was up we didn't stop until the sun was setting and we did not make it to the ridge the first five miles was on trails with switchbacks up into a lake basin but then we had about four and a half miles of bushwhacking and steve had found a better a better way <laughs> a better way and we weren't pushing through brush we were climbing up rock in a, and i'm not exaggerating rock slabs that chunked off and you had to find a way down through this rock slab and then another rock slab so it's like these slabs like this it was crazy and so yeah you could walk up these rocks without pushing brush but you're exposed in the sun and then you had to find a way to a crag in the this I mean we're talking not little slabs we're talking like 30 40 50 feet down so you have to find a way to get down okay so you go up down, up, down, up, down. And we did that for the large majority of the day, and we are not even close to where we needed to be. And my, my brother Steve sits down, and uh, he would go ahead of me because that's who he is. He goes ahead, and then he sits and waits for me to get there, and then he starts out again, and I don't have a chance to catch my breath. So Anyway, he ran, he ran out of water. We we're not where we we're supposed to be. There's no water. We're talking, this is slabs of rock, and there's some green patches and some trees, but there is no water, nowhere. And so where we were supposed to be is another probably two miles steep hiking, and we're we're spent. So I got a big old uh, camel back bag, and uh, so I pull my camel back out, bag out, and guess what? I'm gonna want too. And he 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 is sitting and is not able to really think straight. Because we've been sweating like sweating, and we don't we're not replenishing the electrolytes. We are spent, and it's in, cognitively we were having problems. So my brother sat down and says, you know what? We, we need to get some water. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> and so I hiked over to one of these huge rock slabs and the cliff to our, our left side, that was like 60 to 100 feet down. But remember these slabs would come up and then shoot down. So I had to walk through a couple of those slabs to see if there was a way to get down. And I did find a way down one slab up from where he was sitting. It took me about 20 minutes to half an hour. And remember, the sun's going down. So we got to get some water and we got to get camped. And we're on this rock ledges. found this one place where we could get down, but if you fell, you would not stop. And it's all heavy jagged rock shale. So if you fell, you would, if not be killed, you would be broken. And we are not in a good place in our physiology. So I told my brother, okay, we're going to make this happen. And we walked through down and we didn't fall, thank God. We got all the way across this huge big bowl of shale and we are going to the next cliff because there's another cliff area down into a bowl where there was a little tiny rivulet little tiny I mean it was like about that wide you could hear it you could see it I have my binoculars and if I hadn't had my binoculars I had been trained by you I wouldn't have been able to discern where we could get down on that second ridge he fell before he got to that second ridge and hurt his knee and his backpack came off And if he would have been strapped into his backpack like I was, it would have dragged him down. So that was God's design, that he hadn't put his belt, you know, the backpack belt on. It was hanging on to his arm, kind of came off. So it didn't lose his backpack. That would have been disastrous too. So have everybody anybody ever been skiing before or running before or athletic before? And you fall down, crash, and burn, and it messes with your head? Where all of a sudden it's like you can't, it's it's like you you physically able, although we weren't really, but mentally you're really kind of messed up in your head. We had to go one more, one more cliffy area. But this was worse because there was rocks and grass, but it was super steep. So when you step on the grass and whew. You'd go. Now, we we're, we're, are we're in a bad place. We make it down that one, and I was literally on my rear end in a couple places, kind of sliding a little bit and catching, sliding a little bit, and man, there was one time where I, he was coming down, I was down below him because I'd kind of tested it out, and I left my pack up so I'd get down, And I was down below him, and he starts coming down this little crack and stuff. And I'm thinking, well, I'll just stand here and catch him if he falls. And I decided, you know what? Both are going to die if that happens. So I told him, I said, look, I'm stepping away. You need to be super careful. If you fall, I'll try to pack you out, but don't fall. I mean, we're talking about this is, I mean, serious. It was messing with my head because I'm running these scenarios. So if he falls and he breaks the leg, how am I gonna get him out of here? Remember how far it is out? And we had to bushwhack, I have to drag him back up on those rocks and drag him down those rocks to the lake basin and then five miles out. How's that gonna work? And I'm spent. We did make it to the water, and I'm telling you what, we sat there, the sun had gone down, we sat there, and we drank water, we drank water, drank water. We went over and set up our tents real quick. We were done. We did not get to the ridge, and we had decided we weren't going to go to the ridge the next day. We were going to relax for a day and then hike back out. Well, my brother woke up feeling a little bit better. and He said, hey, we got water in this. We got food. Let's go to the ridge. <laughs> All right. Well, I, you're not going by yourself. So we go up, and, and uh, here's this big bull where this saddle is over into this beautiful, tranquil basin. And I say, well, that's, we made it. We know where we're supposed to go next time. Like, I'm never going back here again, you know. And he goes, no, I'm going to go up to that ridge. And I said, brother, man, look at that. That's steep, and this grass, and I know there's a little trail there, and it's going to take you a long time. And, and remember, we got to get out. He goes, well, I think I can do this. Okay. So he gets up and he gets on the ridge in about 45 minutes. And I'm thinking, well, that dog. Don't go. And I had walkie-talkie. He didn't know how to use a walkie-talkie. I had to yell, turn it on. How? Turn the button on the top. And then he didn't know he had to push a button to talk. How many have ever used a walkie-talkie before? You turn it on and you push a little button to talk, right? I mean, like that's why I have these for my hunting partners, so that they, we don't, you know. So finally, he gets on her. Oh, this is how you do it. I go, yes, I said, don't go over. You stay right there. I'm gonna come up. So I got up there and I go and I look down and it's another mile and a half, two miles down into this big, huge, awesome basin. I got pictures that'll blow your mind, right? And I go. You are not going down there. We will not get out. And if you're even thinking you're going down there, I will break your leg and drag you out <laughs> from here because it's all downhill. You are not going in there. Okay. I so said, We can have lunch here and we'll take lots of pictures. And you can tell he's just bummed out of his head. And then he said, You know, we're not going to ever get back into Tranquil Basin. And I said you're right. I think you're right. Cuz we're not 18 and 23. We're 6 we're 63 and 67. What are we doing? What did we just do? We did what we probably probably couldn't have done but by sheer will, but we almost died. Now it gets worse. Okay, we come back down, we camp, we think we know a better way. Okay. I messed up my knee really bad. And I, I started talking in my head, I'm not gonna make it. Started talking in my head, I'm not gonna make it. I could barely move my knee. It took me a week when I got back home before I could really even walk normal. And I've been wearing a brace. But I was talking in my head because I was so exhausted and I was so hurting. And my brother was barreling down the hill. And I said, you know what? I don't know if I can make it, man. And I started to act like it was shuffling and stumbling and falling down that's not like me i mean you know me well enough to know i don't do that i don't talk that way in my head but ever since that i've struggled Dame? day you know, a couple weeks ago a week ago or something jake texted me he goes hope you're doing okay dad I never thought that I could be in that place. I know you don't think you could ever be in that place because we don't think that way until we start thinking that way. If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast, not... Moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you've heard. Are you firmly established and steadfast in your faith? Oh yeah, I am. I got it dialed in. Do you? Is it a growing process until you breathe your last? Or have you got it dialed in? Somewhere in the Bible it says, be careful, gentlemen, if you think you stand. Because <laughs> that's when the devil sticks a stick in your spokes. So, so these sermons that you guys have been preaching <laughs> might not have been as impactful if I wouldn't have gone on that hike. I was crushed by your sermon. I already knew what you were going to preach. And those verses that you read, those were verses we talked about, but they were like, man, there was a special kind of piercing power in those verses yesterday for me. I don't know if they were for you. I said, I don't remember... Working with him on that Bible verse. That one is a nasty one, man. (laughs) In what effect? Convicting me that I am not yet firmly established and steadfast. If I can be shaken by a backpack trip, so it's spilling over into ever other aspects of my life. Be careful, man, because the physical body is attached to the the mental part and spiritual, man. We're body, soul, and spirit. It all works together. You know, one starts shaking out and others start to shake out. I always thought it was kind of crazy. Old folks are kind of getting all freaked out about stuff. What are you doing, man? You it to figure it out. i was an idiot young man. I'm not saying that you're idiot, young man. I'm just saying, you know what? You think you got it all together. Be careful because you start thinking the wrong way, then you start moving the wrong way, even in the spiritual realm, man. You have to make sure that you are grounded in the faith so when the body starts to fail, your faith doesn't fail. When, as TJ was saying, all of your physical... Blessings of prosperity are could be gone in a day if your faith isn't where it needs to be. You're gonna lose it. You're gonna lose it. You need to be established and steadfast. So you tell me, gentlemen, how do you how do you establish yourself in the faith? How how do you get where you're immovable? in the faith, so that every day it's the constant. How do you do that? I've seen a lot of guys start, a lot of guys super proud. They got it all dialed in, and they don't make it. They don't finish. I don't want to be one of those guys. That was a wake-up call. (laughs) I'm not hiking back up in there. I don't want another wake-up call like that, okay? I'm not doing that. But that's a wake-up call. And I'm still reeling from that. And probably some of you have noticed. You can think less of me if you want. But the reality is, is for me, that's a wake-up call and I'm working through it. Because I want heaven more than anything. So it's important, gentlemen, that you don't think you've arrived until you are absolutely established. So when you lose everything in this life, Except for your life, you're still faithful. That's Job. And when they take you to the cross and nail you there, as we may very well be, because I can see the Muslims going, what a great way to end this person who says he's a Christian's life. Right? Don't know, do we? We don't know. So you you have to be so firm in your faith that you're going to say, Father, they don't know what they're doing. Oh yeah, they do. But they really don't. And you could ask God to forgive them and bless people who have, have been a part of your life as you're grasping for breath That's how far we need to go to establish our faith so it's steadfast and movable. So, there's a scripture, and I wish I knew where it was. Maybe one of you guys know where it is. I've searched for it a couple times, and I know it's in there. You know, the one who's putting his armor on should not boast. It's the guy who takes his armor off that can boast. It's in there. So guess what? You got your armor on, man. You're shiny and you're looking real sharp. Don't boast, man. You're not done. When you breathe your last and you've lived every day for the Lord Jesus Christ by living every day for your wife, every day for your kids, every day for your brothers and sisters in Christ, every day for the lost souls that God has brought into your life and you're working with them and not backing away, ashamed of the name. You know what? When you take your armor off, Then, then, you've made it. So we're still all more vertical than horizontal. You know, when you attain room temperature, I sure hope that you remain faithful to your last breath. You need to continue in the faith, established and steadfast, not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you've heard. Is it possible that you could know the scriptures, memorize, pray, and really be rock solid and everybody sees you rock solid, but there is pride in your heart? You getting in? You know what the original sin is, don't you? The original sin wasn't chowing on that forbidden fruit what was the original sin what is it pride, pride. Mm-hmm. wickedness came into this creation through pride the devil puffed himself up he just shared it with adam and eve hey man you can be just like god really yeah so I doesn't want you to eat that fruit because that's what's going to happen to you oh really yeah okay Yeah, pride. So it's really important for us to recognize and understand, you know what, you keep putting the armor on, you keep strengthening the armor, you keep learning how to use the sword of the Spirit, you keep praying fervently for the brethren, you keep investing yourself, and every time you have a a selfish thought, or a selfish desire, or a greed for more, or a lack of contentment, or a anger, you... Shut her down right then and say, that is not who Christ is. That is not of faith. That's of the flesh. We're either going to be men of faith or men of flesh. We're either going to be men of faith or men of flesh. And if people can't see a difference in you, they see a man of flesh. They don't see a man of faith. But if they see a difference in you, they know that you are not like them, that you stand out in the crowd, that you are a stranger and an alien. Unusual, not from this country, because of your integrity, because of your holiness and righteousness and blamelessness as you walk in the footsteps of Christ Jesus. Then, then, you're on your way, but you're not there yet. Uh, brethren, the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul says, I haven't made it yet. That's one thing I do is forgetting what lies behind and striving for what lies in, to the upward call of Christ Jesus. Look, gentlemen, to persevere is to determine that today I'll persevere. The next goal is to persevere through the next day and to persevere through the next day. Right now, right now, I need to get back to where I was. I'm really kind of thankful, though, God being very insightful, (laughs) putting it into my heart after I rolled in that pickup that could have killed me. By the way, I fear, I don't think I could have ridden with you yesterday with the story. I, I, I went back, well, I know, I'm used to you, so I probably would have been okay. I just would have been looking at you instead of the cliff. Uh, I went back to Badlands Family Camp, and we had a tour of Badlands Family Camp. And this one guy, you know, he, he was asked to drive by, you know, the, the uh, owner of the ranch, and that's pretty cool. And so he's driving this pickup, and he's going pretty fast. He goes by this washed out area, and and the washout, we're talking, the washout is about 30, 40, 50 feet down straight, and there's a little hill here, and there's a road, and it's washed out, and the truck can barely get on this road where the washout is. I'm thinking, this guy's an idiot, and I almost grabbed him and said, stop! I'm going to get out and walk around the hill. You wait for me on the there. I mean, I was freaking out in my head. Why? Because of the rollover I had. That rollover changed me, man. I said, you know what? I got to get some guys that the church recognizes our leaders, although I've talked them up all the time, right? Brian and Jeff and Kirk. By the way, I've answered to those guys, and they've answered to me for a long time but the church needed to recognize them as the guys that are in charge. I didn't know I was going to have a crazy, weird experience where I'd almost lose my brain enough that I could fall off a cliff. I didn't know that. God knew that. He better get some boys in in place. Now, I know that I'm going to reap some pushback from others that don't believe or haven't been invested in putting other men into leadership like that. But the Bible says we need to do that. Amen? We need to lay hands on people to commission them to positions of leadership. And When we have men that are qualified for elders, I'm going to be the first one to say, hey, we need to lay hands on these guys. We're going to put them into eldership. So I want to read the two verses that are, and, and close with this. I want to read the two verses that are the guiding verses for this year's theme. You know this year's theme, the fourth law of momentum. I'm just talking about spiritual things. The fourth law of momentum is the power of perseverance. I want you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews in chapter 10, beginning in verse 32. I mentioned it before, but I want to close with it uh, this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32 and we're going to read actually down to the end of the chapter. It's it's a, it's a good passage of scripture. The last verse is amazing. But remember the former days. And this is this is the writer here talking to to those who are of the faith, Christians. But remember the former days when after being enlightened, you came to a knowledge of the truth of the gospel, you endure a great conflict of sufferings, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations and partly by becoming sharers with those who are so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have uh, have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God you may receive what was promised for yet in a very little while he who is coming will come and will not delay but my righteous one shall shall live by faith but if 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 he the righteous one who has been living by faith shrinks back my soul has no pleasure in him but we are not of those who shrink back to destruction but those who have faith to the persevering or preserving of the soul that's for this year's theme i mean get that memorized get that in your brain that you know what when they take everything that you have you're okay because you know you got a place in heaven there's a new heaven and a new earth not just a new heaven there's a new heaven and a new earth i'm not sure what that new earth is going to look like it's not the jehovah witness new earth it's completely new. It's not a retread of this old dirt ball. It's completely new. I don't really know what that looks like because no mind uh, or no ear has heard or no, uh, I have seen what the Lord has prepared for those who love him. So I have just, I marvel in this creation, but what about the new earth? I don't know, but I know it's gonna be infinitely better than this. And I don't know how that's possible in some places. There are some places like our, heaven on earth man and i've been to some of those places so it's important for us to recognize and understand you know what they take it all you got something infinitely better they throw you in prison and they torture you it's only for a short time in comparison to eternity what's 70 years of torture compared to an eternity of paradise you tell me is there any comparison you better get your mind wrapped around that Because if it comes your way, and it very may well in our lifetimes, brethren, I mean, we need to be firm in the faith, established, immovable. See? And are we going to go visit people that are thrown in prison? Are we? Will you? Because you know, when you go visit somebody in prison because they have professed the faith and the faith, has no illegal guess what that does it puts you a mark on you doesn't it will you do that we're going to let those guys rot in prison because i don't want to be associated i don't want to be seen as a christian because then i might be thrown in prison See, we have to people went and visited the apostle paul some of them were imprisoned with the apostle paul because they were in fellowship with the apostle paul when he was incarcerated and they were there too you know that's true timothy was even thrown in prison if you know your scripture what you associate with paul you get thrown in prison you associate with jesus you get crucified are you going to do that men that's what that's saying have you established your faith in such a way that you are immovable that's where we need to go that's where we need to build and i can't build that for you you have to build it for you. Jeremy, as much as you want Jeremiah to possess your faith, Jeremiah's got to possess the faith of Jesus Christ. You have to possess the faith of Jesus Christ. You can't make your son. You can't give it to him. They got to take hold of it themselves. And I'll tell you what, I've told you before, and many of you know that I will not be a successful man in my mind until my three boys and my understanding in the line of the sheep waiting to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And we're not done yet. Jake has a lot of life yet. Ryan has a lot of life. Andrew has a lot of life. A lot of time for the devil to tempt him, but there's a lot of time for them to grow strong as as warriors to conquer, to crush his head. That's where we need to be driving, gentlemen. So that's why we need to be intentional. We can't be playing around. Can we go hunting? Of course. But when we hunt, should we be with people and inspiring them and building them up, whether they're Christians or not? I'll tell you what, when I take people who are non Christians hunting, guess what I'm hunting? That's what I'm hunting. And may I get a deer? Yeah, maybe. But I'm hunting. Constant. So we can enjoy the blessings of this life, but don't. Forget who you are and what you're called to do because your wife, your kids depend on you. Your co-workers depend on you. I depend on you. The brothers in Christ depend on you. Don't take your hands off the wheel, man. You need to stay intentional. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who, who have faith to the preserving of the soul. We have such faith that our souls will be preserved. Body, soul, and spirit on the last day. Are, we, are you there yet, gentlemen? I've had a couple wake-up calls. Huh. And they, 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 they've shaken me out. And I've had to really go back and go, okay, so what's really serious here? So I'm bumping up the prayer, bumping up the scripture memory. And every morning when I do my Bible reading, there's also some study in there. And my Bible is getting much more filled with notes and colors and all that stuff. I want to know. And I want to apply. The last verse is in the book of Revelation in chapter 14. And I really would encourage you, and I've been thinking really hard about preaching preaching a series on on Revelation so that people don't get freaked out by all these stupid books about all sorts of weirdo creatures and stuff. None of that garbage is right. But I'll tell you what, it's going to get rugged. Verse, uh, where is it? Chapter, Chapter 14 and verse 12. Here is the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Christ. But the interesting thing is, it should read this way. Here is uh, the perseverance of the saints, who keep the commandments of God and their faith of Jesus Christ. The faith of Christ. Faith of Christ still isn't being preached. And I'm not saying that my name should ever be brought up in regards to the faith of Christ. But you know what? The faith of Christ should be preached in every church because it's not faith in Christ only. You know, the Bible does say faith in Christ. He's the one that gave himself for my reconciliation. I believe that with all my heart. But when I step into it through the gospel, guess what faith I need to have? His faith. Where does it come from? His word. How am I going to get it? By going to church once a week? <laughs> How about three times a week? Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night. Nailed it. No, that isn't going to cut it. You need to be in it every day, you, so God can hammer on you individually in the privacy of your own home. Brethren, I'm so excited that God has raised me up and allowed me to serve him in the newness of life. But I haven't made it yet. And I have to be honest with you, there's been a couple scary times here recently where I really had to really really think things through. If you go through a scary time, please give me a call and go, I am shook. You look in the scriptures, there were guys that were shook. Somebody was talking about Isaiah. (laughs) He got shook, didn't he? So you have those times in your life. Give me a call. I'll understand. I'm not going to look down at you. Those guys who got it all dialed in. Those great preachers might, but I won't. (laughs) I want you to make it. I don't care what you think about me and my preaching. I want you to make it. That's what's most important. I want to make it. I need you guys. I need you. We need each other. Most importantly, we need each other to encourage each other to possess the faith of Christ. Amen? All right, let's close in a word of prayer. And then I want you to, to help me a little bit here, kind of do a little evaluation of this year's uh, uh, experience at G4 Summit. But I really do want to help other people, uh, men, uh, come and participate. I mean, it's, this has been profound this year for me. Uh, I think because of where I was and where I am, profound. By the way, real quick, just a side note. I did not coach. I hardly coached you at all, did I? Okay. I just said, here's some scriptures. Here's a couple things I've seen. I didn't tell him how long it took him to build the ark. I didn't tell him how how long they were on the ark. That's you've got to dig that stuff out. I kind of encouraged him not to do the genealogy before that, but he went and did it anyway, and he brought some really cool things to bear, right? So notice, he dug that out on his own, and he laid it out because he invested himself. So man, Brad, I appreciate that. That was great, and I got convicted on several points there that that I didn't share with you that you dug out that I haven't found yet that you shared. So see, that's powerful, man. So my prayer is is that you would help me to help other guys, not so that it gets bigger so we can say it gets bigger. No, so that we can encourage more men to stand in the gap. Oregon's a desperate place. Thank you, Ohio, for coming out here and helping us out. Because Oregon is the darkest state in the Union, least church state in the Union. Eugene is the least church city in the state. So guess where Oregon or Eugene is? It is in the darkest place of hell in regards to this side of hell. And you're here. Thank you for being an encouragement to the saints who are part of this er this area. Huge, 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 huge.